We've all known someone whose ego has just gotten in their way, but what does that mean? Is that overconfidence? Is it narcissism? Is ego a bad thing or could it be good? Hmm, Good question. Join us today as we dig into when your ego serves you and when it's time to put it away. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity in business, we probably have an opinion on that. Clearly, we have cocktails. Uh, this cocktail's called Jolene, and you have to be careful because you're going to want to put it away. Uh, it does not talk, taste like a cocktail at all. It tastes like iced tea. This thing is a sweet peach tea, which I wasn't sure if I was going to like or not, but I like iced tea so much. And it definitely tastes like tea, not a cocktail. So be careful. What's in it, Jen? Oh, my goodness. It's I, I was surprised, too, because it has this sweet tea vodka in it, which I instantly didn't think I would like because I'm not a sweet tea drinker, and some peach liqueur, ginger beer, a sprig of mint, and a garnish of peach. And let me tell you, it was way, way more delicious than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's worth. it's, it's definitely worth hunting down that, that sweet tea vodka. Which really, honestly, doesn't need a mixer, which makes it quite dangerous. Yeah. But this would be a great one to serve on your deck this summer, folks. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun to experiment with what other things you could use sweet tea vodka for. Yes, it's true. And I love the name Jolene. It's so funny because, of course, you think of Jolene, which immediately makes you think of Dolly Parton, who must have an ego and confidence the size of America because she is just such a force and has been for so long. I know. Love her. Okay. So what is ego? What is your definition of ego? Um. Well, it's funny because you asked me what my definition is, and I'd say the old-fashioned way of thinking is thinking a lot of yourself and being a little braggy and thinking you're all that in a bag of chips, but that's not true. It's really about your sense of self, wouldn't you say? Yeah. It's it's something that, you know, you, you'll hear people say, well, I don't have an ego, but like everybody has a sense of self. It's kind of like your I or your me, and it's it's your it's kind of the lens through which you view the world. Right. And your your place in it and where you belong and, and your confidence to trust yourself in all sorts of situations. Yeah. But you're right. I think most times when you hear it being used, it's usually as a criticism. Sure. Or like your ego is showing or, you know. That's your, your ego, ego talking. Got, yeah, that's your ego talking. Your ego got in the way. Egotistical is certainly not a positive attribute. But is there a question, I guess my, my question becomes, and I really like this topic because I don't exactly know how I fall here, and I think it's complicated in my head. So I appreciate that we get to talk this one out, but but is ego necessarily thinking highly of yourself or is it just your understanding of yourself? Is it confidence? Well, I think I think what it is and how we as a society relate to it maybe aren't the same. I think if you looked at like a psychology journal, it would be talking about sense of self and where, how you view your place in the world. But I think when we use it casually in conversation, we're talking about something that's inflated, right? Or overconfidence. So I think it's, I mean, really, it doesn't matter how you and I define it, but it's like, wh- when is it in your way? or a negative in your life and when is it used and and can you know be a part of your success strategy right and you know the word egotistical is definitely when ego is bad it's being mm-hmm. 
conceited or having an inflated sense of yourself in the situation. So being egotistical, according to definition, is is a bad thing and it means you're kind of out of touch with reality, right? Yeah. Well, and so and so let's connect it to leadership, right? So the higher one climbs in a rank from director to VP to the C-suite, the more insulated you get, right? Your bubble becomes kind of small. People are doing a lot for you. People stop questioning your directives. There's sometimes less collaboration. Sometimes they might even tell you what you they perceive that you want to hear rather than what the honest answer is, you know, depending on the situation. So you will often hear that leaders are asked or coached to check their ego at the door so that they can continue getting feedback and continue listening. So I think in that sense, that person that's in the C-suite got there with some confidence, some competence, right? But that doesn't mean they had to treat people poorly to do so. And so let's talk about ego in that situation. Like when is, when is ego a bad thing in leadership? For me, my, my opinion there is ego is a bad thing when you think that you got to where you are solely based on your own efforts, right? Yeah. Oh, you've so got it. It's, it's a, it's a difference in perception that I'm here because I'm magical and I know everything and I'm impressive or the alternate way to look at things is I'm here because I have been able to competently work with my team and amplify their good ideas and make space for them to succeed. So I think it's a lot of it is the attribution of your own success, how much of that is strictly you because you're magical, or the environment in which you have surrounded yourself and the people who have helped you along the way. So, so yeah. I think when, you, when you're being egotistical, you are probably taking credit for something that you didn't fully do by yourself. Well, and then on the on the flip side of that coin, um, you also, where ego would come in negatively or bad, you also probably don't take a lot of responsibility when things go wrong. It's right. because of circumstance or the other guy. No kidding. You know, and I think you and I both agree, in order to be a good leader, you have to understand that you know, it is your responsibility at the end of the day, no matter what happened or who made what decision. And the buck stops here is such a popular, you know, memory in our cultural lexicon because it's true. Mm -hmm. If you're the leader, no matter who made the mistake, you own it. The end. Yeah. The end. Period. Hard stop. I also think there's an attribute that I'm very leery of in people um, when they want to be the center of attention or they talk nonstop um, and they don't listen or ask questions. Um, I don't like that attribute in people and I'm leery of people who are like that. And I think that that is connected to ego. I agree with you. And it, this is sort of hopping over into what makes people great and when ego is good. But I used to sit on a board of directors with a man who was so brilliant and always had the right answer he was just a good leader and incredibly smart. And he could have been the kind of guy who talked first, explained what the answer was and moved along and just steamrolled over people. But he wasn't. He was the kind of fellow who would wait carefully, listen to what everybody had to say, measure their input. And then he would speak at the end and he wouldn't have to say much, but he always brought it around to the right answer. And you know, because he was so intelligent and so creative and clever that he could have circumvented 
a half an hour conversation and come to the right answer. But he never, ever, ever did. And I found that to be such a good model of how to be a good leader. And I feel being egotistical is the opposite of that. Yeah. I was on that board with you and I know who you're talking about. <laughs> you painted his picture. You painted the picture of him perfectly. So interesting. I, so I really appreciate people who do not, leaders who do not let ego get in their way, who are not narcissistic. Yeah. Well, and, and when you're narcissistic, you believe that you're the smartest person in the room. Um, and so therefore others couldn't possibly contribute right to the conversation or to the solution. And that's absolutely the bad, the ugly side of ego. I kind of want to talk about the pretty side of ego though. Yeah, this is this is kind of a downer. Let's talk about the good parts. <laughs> well, you kind of started talking about, you know, that quiet leadership, the listening, um, the reflection and and uh that contribution of that person, which I totally agree agree with. I also think, you know, that there's a there's a confidence. I think it's important to have a strong sense of yourself when things go wrong. You if you have a strong sense of self, which would be using your ego in a positive way or allowing it to lead in a positive way, you are resilient and you um, understand and can see the path forward because you're not going to question, you're not going to make decisions that are inconsistent with your belief system, with your values, right? So when yeah. you have a strong sense of self, you understand that you can get through something. Yeah. And I think, I love I love what you just said. And I think that strong sense of self, that confidence is also maybe a manifestation of the lack of need to prove yourself, mm -hmm. um, the need to prove that you came up with the idea, you came up with it first, you are the smartest. People who don't have the need to prove that, they're confident enough in how they feel about themselves. So that's sort of an internally focused ego. If internally you understand, I'm really confident, I know what I'm doing, I do not need to prove myself to anybody, that's when ego can serve you because it holds you up inside, but you don't have to put it out there in the universe in order to prove yourself to anybody or get there first. And that's where I think right. ego internally can help you grow and be very strong and supportive of the people around you. Yeah, absolutely. I love that that thinking. I like that it's, that it's something that holds you up inside. I like that phrase. It, it feels like you can, you know think about a confident posture. You know what I mean? Like I literally feel it holding up and, you know, holding ones up inside. And people, especially in leadership, people want confident leaders. You, you want, you have, you must be a confident leader in order to have your team or your clients agree or buy into a concept, right? To, to get everybody on board, you have to present a pretty, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> No, I think you're right. You have to present uh, a vision of what could be. Yes. And so I don't think anything in culture happens by leaps and bounds or happens with sort of that gasp of delight. If you don't have a vision for something beautiful and encompassing and attainable, right? And mm -hmm. I think people, if they use their ego well, they can have big ideas and they can have crazy plans and they can inspire people to come along. And I think we see that in our best leaders culturally. I think that we see that in our best organizations, that if, if you're using that internal confidence to inspire others to a point of view, then everyone's working in a direction. And I, you know, there are so many people 
ooh, we have a we have a good friend who said once, she is a great number two. She said, I don't want to be at the lead, but I am the best number two you will find to help to make sure those ideas get implemented properly. And we need people like that. And I yeah. find that to be a very humble and smart acknowledgement of her skill set, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't just need the visionary person who maybe comes up with the idea or knows the answer, but you need all the people to be able to implement. So it's really just forming everyone into the spaces where they can be at their best and getting out of the way so they can do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's where ego can help when you're a leader. But what you said just now is so important because you said get out of the way. And so if you're confidently presenting a vision for people to align with, you still have to get out of the way. You're you're presenting a vision, but it isn't about you. Right. It's not about you. Yeah. And you know, I've spent so much time over the past year. And I think you have too. I think we've talked a lot about what does it mean to lead your organization. So both of us grew up being the makers. I'm going to make a a design piece. I'm going to write a thing. You are going to produce a video, being the doers. And to varying degrees, we're both stepping out of those roles sometimes and into the leadership role, holding other people up to do that work. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that you have to get out of the way so other people can grow and lead and probably do something with more innovation and excitement than you would have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a good quality. I don't know if that's ego necessarily, but I think it's it's the lack of narcissism anyway. Yeah, I think it's all tied to your sense of self. If if, if we kind of strip away the word ego because we have thoughts about what that word feels like. And it's it sounds a certain way falling out of our mouth. But if it's your sense of self, if you're willing to step aside and and usher people forward and it have not have anything to do about you, then you certainly aren't allowing your ego to get in the way. Right. In in some ways for me, <laughs> of course for me, it it goes back to branding. Because <laughs> if if I say, I'm so great, I'm so great. That's me selling. But if when I'm not in the room, you say to somebody, I know this person, she's so great and really competent at what she does, that's having a good, strong brand. When your reputation speaks for you and people trust that you're going to be a certain way. And so I think when you let ego get in the way, you're not even relying on your own competencies to sell you. You're trying to convince people that you are the best, most magical, smartest, whatever, whatever. And and that's a pretty shallow brand. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. Do you think people have both facets of ego? You know, there's a phrase, keeping your ego in check. So can somebody who has a strong sense of self get it wrong? Probably. I mean, I mean let's go back. When we were researching this, Karen, you found those two great um, links, one from Harvard Business Review and one from Fast Company, that pretty much were on opposite ends of the spectrum, right? So it just means there's no right, right answer. So Harvard Business Review, um, their headline was, Ego is the Enemy of Good Leadership. And then Fast Company's headline was why real leaders have strong egos and that's a good thing. So, but but having a strong ego doesn't yes. mean an inflated ego. A strong right. ego is a strong sense of self. Yes, I think having a strong ego is critical to being a leader. In fact, I I think that the key is whether you let it get in the way and let it affect your behaviors. So, y- you have to have 
a strong sense of self in order to go into the unknown, build a business, make a big ask, um, pitch a big client, all those things, you have to be able to do them. But you don't have to let that ego get in the way of being a good boss or vendor or partner. Or, yeah, or employee. Think about asking for a promotion or asking for a raise. You have to have a really strong sense of self to do that in a confident and clear way. And I think, I wonder if any of this has to do, you know, you and I come at it from small organizations. So it's very easy for you or I to observe every single person on our staff, see when they're doing something excellent, attend to it, talk about it, note it. In larger organizations, maybe it's harder for managers and leaders to see what people are doing. And that then might foster a need to talk about yourself or a need to put your ego out there. But I don't, I think this is, um, there's a difference between putting it on blast and putting it in a direct message, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a dial on, you know, a speaker for a reason. You don't have to dial it up to 11. Nope. You know, you could, you could have it on two and a half. You could, and you might, a one-on-one conversation with your um, direct report is maybe different than talking about something in a big board meeting, right? So yeah. there's there's intimate one-to-one conversations in which you can advocate for yourself or show off what you've accomplished or what you've brought to the organization, which is different than having to talk about it in a whole team meeting. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where sometimes ego can get, get in the way. So at the end of the day, is having a healthy ego kind of a checks and balances system? Maybe it's that your ego needs checks and balances to make sure that it's functioning where and how it should. That reminds me of something else I read preparing for our conversation, and it was a psychological, it's psychology today or something like that, and it was about Sigmund Freud's research and prowess around the the notion of ego. And one of the things that he said was that ego is your reality. Like ego doesn't exist in the past or the future. It's your reality. And it's the mediator between your super ego, which is your morality and your id, which is your instincts. And so your instincts are your id is where aggression comes from or impulses or your drive. And then your superego is your morality, like your value system, and your ego is the um, mediator between the two. That's interesting. And it makes perfect sense when you when you explain it. So I feel like I went to psychology school for that. Thank you. Um, but the morality, the morality function of it makes a lot of sense to me, and the instinct function makes a lot of sense to me. So I think maybe our job is to sort of audit internally when we're letting one thing or the other take over and where that ego should put us so that we can be successful and the people around us can be successful. I love that. You know what else I love? You love the sweet tea. I love sweet tea. I'm a Southern girl at heart, you You know. You are a Southern girl. Sweet tea is right up your alley. (laughs) But the peach, right? The the peach addition to it is super nice. I know. And it's really funny because, you know, whenever I think of a peach liqueur, I think of peach schnapps in college. So you know, I wasn't sure, yeah. but it's good. Oh, peach schnapps. What was that drink that you said? Peach schnapps, orange juice, and vodka. What was Fuzzy that? Navel. Oh my gosh. I feel like I need to brush my teeth just thinking about it. Oh, I just licked <laughs> my teeth too. 
<laughs> fuzzy navel or fuzzy teeth, depending. But this is a very wonderful grown-up way for peach snaps. So folks, you should try it. Thanks for sharing a drink with us. Talk to you next time. Never in modern history has small business been impacted like it has over the last 18 months. And the ways in which various sectors have been impacted vary widely. Join us next time as we talk with Amanda Blondeau from Northern Initiatives. We'll hear about the creative support she and her team provide to a variety of small businesses across Michigan and learn about the resurgence she sees on the horizon. I can't wait to talk to her. Catch you all next time. Cheers. Cheers.